Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, FSU football fans, and welcome to Believe in FSU Football. I am your host, Robbie Bagnardi. I'm a former recruiting and player personnel student assistant for Florida State football. I'm also an FSU grad, and I grew up here in Tallahassee, so I'm very familiar and very passionate about the FSU football program and recently gained some very valuable experience uh, working firsthand with the team and with the recruiting and player personnel. I actually spent time on the staff with all three previous regimes going back to Coach Fisher, Coach Taggart, and then Coach Norvell. So I've got some uh, cool perspective on how differently those three coaches ran their programs. Um, In addition to that, I am excited to start doing this podcast, bring you anything and everything about FSU football. Um, First order business, we're going to start with an off-season review. Moving into... 2021 got to set the stage after coming off a three-win season last year. Bit uh, disappointing in Coach Norvell's first year, but I very much have faith in him and his staff to turn this program around and get Florida State back to where it belongs on the national scale. Um, with the offseason, biggest storyline, in my opinion, um, as far as on-the-field play and product is transfers. Start with Mackenzie Milton, Jermaine Johnson, Jamie Robinson, Andrew Parchment. Uh, those those are the guys that are going to be key components in helping us turn things around. Uh, we'll get into the Mackenzie Milton, Jordan Travis quarterback battle a little bit later in the episode. Um, obviously, as that develops and we see how that plays out through the season, regardless of Milton's impact on the field. I think him being a veteran leader and having won and just having experience playing big time college football will be invaluable to this team, um, especially because it's very young, very new, a lot of fresh faces, a lot of roster turnover in uh, Coach Norvell's first couple of years between transfers, as I mentioned, and then uh, a lot of young guys as well, a lot of guys that have left the program that gave us the opportunity to fill those scholarship spots with transfers, both in the last two off seasons. Um, in addition to that, um, I want to say rest in peace to coach Bowden. Um, obviously his loss is a monumental one to college football as a whole and to FSU what he did for our program for the school for the city is is immeasurable unquantifiable uh tough to wrap your head around the amount of of lives that he changed that he touched players coaches fans just everything um genuinely great person as well as football coach um Something this staff stresses a lot is the Coach Norvell's staff stresses a lot is creating relationships off the field and and building young 
good young men that contribute to the world more than just on the football field. And I think Coach Bowden very much embodied that mindset and that thought process. And so losing someone like him is, is very, very sad, sad day for, for the world. So um, may Coach Bowden rest in peace. Thank you to Coach Bowden and his family for everything that they've they've done, that they've given to the school um, that I so very much love. So I just I wanted to take time to recognize Coach Bowden and, and everything that he has contributed. Um, moving back into the off-season review in terms of the FSU football program in its current state, like I said, transfers, transfers and roster turnover. That's Those are going to be the big things. Um, in addition to the guys that I already mentioned, you have the Jerkweeds McClellians who came from Arkansas, Marcus Cushney, Dylan Gibbons from Notre Dame, uh, Kier Thomas, who also came from South Carolina with uh, Jamie Robinson, DJ Williams, transferred here from Auburn, and then a couple of walk-ons, and Cortez Andrews, who's a local kid from Godby. Always love to see the local kids come back home. Uh, and then Joe Lang, who was a uh, another walk-on transfer from Holy Cross. Uh, guys like Lang and Andrews are big transfers as well from the point standpoint of depth and making this team better on the back end. Um, those are guys that have, you know, have talent and have played meaningful college football and the ability to add those guys to your program without using a scholarship spot is a huge addition, whether it's scout team, whether it's depth, whether it's special teams, anything and everything that they can provide is a huge benefit. And then, you know, looking at recruiting as well, uh, the Destin Hill saga remains unsolved. <laughs> I've uh, I've heard some rumors and rumblings about what that may be, but um, I'll keep that to myself because don't know a hundred percent and feel what the uh, unknown nature and the in the school not speaking on it. That's not something that I want to personally bring to light. Um, I think the guys that stand out in our previous recruiting class the most, Hunter Washington's a stud, um, great ball skills, lockdown corner on the outside. I think Malik McLean is the guy that I was probably most impressed with. Um, him and, and Shaheen Brown are probably my favorite recruits from the 21 class. Uh, Malik McLean's a freak. He's a stud. It's like six foot four, two hundred plus, runs a four five. Uh, the the ball skills and the finer points of being a wide receiver, I think, are still developing. But he has traits that you cannot teach at that position, and I very much expect him to be on the field and to make an impact this year. Um, the other guys, Rod Orr was a big get, a uh, big, long, physical, uh, offensive tackle that moves well. Look at Patrick Payton and George Wilson, two long, lengthy, athletic edge rushers. Both were guys that um, kind of got in the race a little later to sign and ended up getting them. Um, and then you look Bryson Estes, got another guy I like a lot on the offensive line. Uh, very smart, physical, plays the game hard. He's, I think that's a guy you're going to see on the interior early on and is going to start play a lot of meaningful snaps for FSU football. And, you know, they're Kevin Knowles, Jackson West, Shaheen Brown are guys that I will like a lot. 
I think the biggest, all those guys are underrated, criminally underrated. I mean, Kevin Knowles, the easy comp is Asante Samuel with the size and coming from South Florida, but um, he offers that same type of physicality and toughness despite his smaller frame. New at Jackson West, very underrated tight end prospect. Kid's athletic. He can catch the ball. He can make plays. Probably be pushed down a little bit on the depth chart this year. Um, Preston Daniel, who was here last year and got some meaningful snaps as a true freshman and as a walk-on. Then you got Cam McDonald, who I think is due for a breakout year, um, as well as Jordan Wilson, who missed last year. And it was another guy who was a transfer in the previous offseason. He'll be back. Um, then you add in Kobe Goss as well, who transfers from junior college maybe more physically ready, but that tight end room has immediately gotten a lot deeper under Coach Norvell in its position that I expect him to to utilize in this upcoming season. Um but again back to the transfers, you know, Kushney and Johnson, that's that completely overhauls your pass rush. Then, you know, you add in Keir Thomas and Fabian Lovett, who was again another transfer from the previous offseason. That's, that's a pretty good defensive line, especially you mix in Robert Cooper, uh, Dennis Briggs. Uh, I know I saw Quayshon Fuller on the two deep for the Notre Dame depth chart. Uh, Derek McClendon will get some pass rush snaps. And you add in George Wilson, Pat Payton, guys who are long and athletic. We really added to that pass rush room. We have guys who are going to get after the pass rusher. They're going to make it harder for offenses to operate. So I think uh, us – Adding to our defensive line is really going to be a game changer. Then you go back and you look at the secondary. We lose Asante Samuel, but that's really only our big loss who had consistent playing time this past season. Um, you look at, you know, Marv, Marvin Wilson and Tamora Terry, who both left this past offseason, and both guys missed time with injuries and or other things this past year. So adding to that defensive line and adding to the defensive back room as well, you know, you look, the guys we added, Jamie Robinson, Jarquise McClellan, um, Brandon Moore, we had added, he's no longer with the program. Um, Miko Dotson from the year before, we get Travis J back. We get um, Jarvis Brownlee back. Jarvis Brownlee was really, really good down the stretch for us last year. So a lot of good things happening. Uh, the transfer market has really allowed us to overhaul our roster and just get a lot better from the jump. I think that allows us to be probably a seven to eight win team, I think is a reasonable explanation expectation rather um, how that plays out. I think we could win more games than that. Obviously we could lose more coming off a three win season, but I think Coach Norvell and staff, given the full offseason, given the immediate facelift from transfers, I think we're better than that. I think we absolutely go to a bowl game this year. I think we're a bowl team again, and I think you're only going to see FSU football go up and up from here. Um, our 2020 crew, 2022 recruiting class is, is really going to be something special. I think that's the group that really – changes things it really turns it around Travis Hunter's the obvious one that dude is the best player in the country I don't care about who else you think is anywhere close 
I don't care about the Quinn Ewers or the Walter Nolans or anybody. I don't care. It's Travis Hunter. Go watch the film. What he's done on offense, what he's done on defense in a high classification in Georgia, some of the best football in the country, and he's absolutely dominating in both ways. Go watch the film. If you don't think Travis Hunter's the best player in the country, I don't know what to tell you. Go watch the film. Say it again. I'll say it again. Go watch the seven on seven tape if you want. The kid makes unreal plays every single time he's on the field. You cannot stop him. He's elite. He's the best player in the country. And then behind him, got AJ Duffy, solid quarterback prospect. He's got a above average arm. He's got a good quick delivery. Does a good job finding guys in rhythm. Um, making he can make all the throws. He's athletic. He gets probably not as enough credit for as good of an athlete and a runner with the football as he is. And uh, he'll be at IMG for his senior season before he comes here. You got, you know, Sam McCall is another five-star. We're hot on the trail of Jaleel Skinner and Kevin Coleman to round out our receiving class. The other guy we already have committed is Devon Mortimer, who is probably one of another guy who's underrated. Great find by our staff um, to get him offered, to get him on board. Runs really well. He's got great ball skills, great acceleration, change of direction. Um, he could be a Marquise Brown type player, might even have better route running and ball skills. Hardly ever drops the ball. I've heard he's one of the best uh, best overall receivers, best ball skills in South Florida. Just doesn't have the quarterback play at Dillard High to back him up. And that's a guy who's close with Nigel Lee Kelly, who would be a big addition, um, him and, and Travion Williams would really be something on the edge. There's obvious the Marjoram Jones Jr. question is uh, can we actually get him, but we look to be very much in the running, which is a good thing. Uh, then you move to some of the other positions. Tight end is another one of emphasis, and offensive line is probably the position. We've got like six guys committed there already. I think Jalen Early's probably uh, my favorite. He can super high floor player can probably play anywhere on the offensive line from day one. Um, you know, then we've got a couple tackles committed as well. Some other defensive tackles: Daniel Lyons, Bishop Thomas, a defensive tackle. Linebackers still coming together. Receivers still coming together in our recruiting class. I think we probably take one running back. Um, Javante Barnes. From Bishop Gorman is is the guy that I hope we get. He's an elite player. Um, I think Brian Courtney is probably one of the other very, very underrated players in our recruiting class. He's got athletic traits that you you cannot uh, you cannot manufacture. He's probably gonna be a mismatch from day one. Kid runs a four five. He's legit six three, two twenty, coming in as a freshman. He's gonna be an issue at tight end. And then moving on from that, the other, I think the other big uh, storyline from this offseason was the digital renderings of our new facility. We need to get better facilities. We need to upgrade. We need to continue to improve those things. Um, college football is kind of a cold war right now. It's an arms race. It's, it's who has the best facilities, who has the prettiest things to advertise to recruits. And, and Florida State's national brand, people want to come play here. High school kids want to come play here. It's That's not going to change ever. But 
anything that entices them a little bit more is certainly not going to hurt us. Um, having that football only facility also helps our other athletics programs, gives them a little more room to roam and expand by putting FSU on its own little cubby. Um, in addition to that, just how we adapt and utilize personnel, I think is going to be an interesting progression throughout the season, especially because there's so many fresh faces due to the roster turnover between freshmen and transfers. It'll be really interesting to see who gets playing time, how they get playing time, where they get playing time, and, and how much of it. Um, I think those are probably the biggest off-season storylines and, and player personnel storylines. So with that, moving into the season preview, I think this is a 7-8 to eight win team more than likely. Um, I think we can win more than that. I think we can win 10 games. Um, I think this this is a team with a lot of talent. Um, you got a guy like a Mackenzie Milton who has a lot of veteran leadership. You know, Jordan Travis still on the roster. He made plays. He was productive when he was in the lineup last year. Um, Deshaun Corbin and Lawrence Tofili in the backfield. Corbin's a workhorse. I think he's going to be a guy that we rely on to really run the ball and, and be physical at the line of scrimmage. And then obviously everybody wants to know about the offensive line. Um, they've been an eyesore for the past few years. They've been our kryptonite as a team. You know, Devontae Love-Taylor comes back. Uh, Maurice Smith took a big step forward last year. Getting Dylan Gibbons from Notre Dame definitely doesn't hurt. Uh, Robert Scott got meaningful playing time as a freshman. So I think those are all guys that are going to allow that offensive line to take a step forward. I think we probably have a quote-unquote average unit for the offensive line this year. It may not seem like the biggest improvement or uh, advertisement of the offensive line skill set, but an average offensive line play would be markedly better than what we've had in the past uh, few years. Um, defense, it's kind of a question mark. We struggled last year. I think Coach Fuller really getting a, a whole other year to implement his, his system and another offseason implement his system. Um, having veteran players who've come from other places, there's a little bit of concern about you know those guys being in new systems and how they'll adjust, how they'll adapt. But I think just having that time, having that full off season to physically and mentally develop as a cohesive unit is really going to pay dividends on both sides of the ball. And I think what you're going to see with our offense is we're going to be physical and we're going to be fast and we're going to run the football. I think that we probably rush for like 25 touchdowns and, you know, 4.5 yards of carry roughly. I think we're going to set the tone on the ground every game. We're going to be fast. We're going to be physical. We're going to tie you out. We're going to punch you in the mouth by running the football. I think that's going to be the identity of this Florida State team. I think that's going to be this year and, and probably next year. That's what you're going to see from this Florida State team. We're going to run the football, and we're going to do it well. Um, Mike Norvell showed us last year he can be creative in the run game. Him and Coach Dillingham can be creative in the run game and how they go about creating looks and, and finding open spaces for our backs to run in. I think we have a good stable of backs, Corbin, Tofili, uh, DJ Williams, who I haven't seen a lot of. I'm interested to see how he comes in here and plays. Um, obviously, LaDamian Webb leaving 
kind of sucks. I like the way he ran the football. He was tough. You know, they say weebles wobble, they don't fall over, and that was very much LaDamian Webb's running style. So I'm going to miss seeing that, but I'm excited to be uh, see more of Deshaun Corbin and Lawrence Tofili. Um Treshawn Ward actually cracked the two deep for the Notre Dame roster, a former walk-on, so it'll be interesting to see how he factors in as well. Then um, moving into the actual schedule, obviously the week one against Notre Dame, I'll uh, save my game prediction for our next segment where I preview the Notre Dame game. Jacksonville State, Wake Forest, games two and three, I think those are very much winnable games. They're games that we should win. I think worst case scenario, we should start off two and one in our first three. Um, After that, moving to the Louisville game here at home. Louisville is very much a beatable team for us. I think that's one of those games that could be tough. You know, they they come in and they play us hard. But if we're going to get back to what FSU football is used to being, we need to beat the Louisvilles of the world. We need to beat the Wake Forest of the world. And then after Louisville, we have Syracuse. Syracuse was garbage. They were dog water last year. They're absolutely terrible. No excuse for us to lose to them. You know, them, Jacksonville State, and UMass, like those are absolute floor. Those are the teams that we should, if everything goes absolutely wrong this year, those are the three teams we beat. So Syracuse is very much a game that we should win. Then you move to UNC the week after that. Going to UNC after they beat us here last year is not going to be easy. Um, they're going to be they're going to be tearing up to play us. Sam Howell's still there. Mac Brown has shown that he can still very much be an effective football coach at his age. Um, yeah, that that UNC game is not going to be an easy one for us. I think that that's a game that we could drop. Um, after UNC, we have UMass at home, so a little bit of a reprieve after a tough game, regardless of which way it goes. Then we go to Clemson. Um, Clemson's still Clemson. <laughs> they were given the highest likelihood to make the college football playoff at like 77%. I think that was by ESPN. So that's, again, it's going to be a tough team. DJ Uguadagi is a very good quarterback. Devo Sweeney, uh, Brent Venables, they they do the things that they do on offense and defense. That's not going to be an easy game, especially going into uh, quote-unquote Death Valley to play them. And then after that, NC State. NC State's a team that always kind of gives us some issues. Um, we have them at home this year, so that's a little better. But um, still going to be a, a tough game, not a team that goes down easily. And then after them, we have Miami at home. We need to beat Miami. We got waxed by Miami at Miami last year. I'm tired of losing to Miami. I hate Miami. I can't stand Miami. Just I don't want to see them come in here and win. I don't want to see it. I don't want to deal with it. We need to beat Miami. We need to get fired up and go beat Miami. We still have to play UF on the road at the end of the year, and that's going to be a tough game. And I think in year two, at worst, we need to split our rivals. Um, yeah, we need to beat Miami. I don't. I don't really. I don't really want to go to the game at Doak and watch us lose to Miami. I'm tired of it. I've seen it too many times in the recent years. I, I don't think Miami's that great. They lost a lot of talent. They lost all their pass rushers this last year. Um, 
Derek King comes back for them. So that's, you know, kind of an issue to deal with on defense. But I think Miami is very much a beatable team. So that's a game that um, we should at very least be in. You know, we should not get blown out the way we did last year. Um, And I don't think we will. This is very much a different team, much more talented, much more cohesive group. Not having our head coach last year at Miami, you know, Norvell was out with COVID. That uh, that definitely didn't help. So having him back this year will certainly be a help. And having that whole offseason to prepare mentally and physically. And then the roster turnover really for the better. We got more talented. Um, That's going to help as well. Then the last couple of weeks of the season, we got Boston College and Miami both away. Um, Boston College could be a tricky team. Jeff Halfley had them playing a lot better last year. Uh, Phil Jerkovic, quarterback, is is really, really good. I think he threw almost 40 touchdowns last year. Um, that Boston College offense is more productive than they've been in recent memory. Going to BC to play them could be uh, a bit of a tough game. And then we go to UF to end the season. You know, things are back to normal. We're playing UF at the end of the season. What's the way it's supposed to be? That's going to be a tough game. Emory Jones is a good player. UF didn't lose too much talent. Um, Dan Mullen's a schmuck, and I hate Dan Mullen. But he knows how to coach football and put points on the board. So that's not going to be an easy game for us uh, going into the swamp to to deal with. Um, And then moving on from there, going back to the uh, Notre Dame game, to open the Big question is the McKenzie Milton, Jordan Travis question. Um, Coach Brian Kelly said recently that he thinks Travis is going to be the guy that we're going to go with. Um, He brings, Coach Brian Kelly said that he brings more uh, energy to the offense. And so that's who really really they are preparing for. Um, That could always be a smokescreen. You know, you never know. Really what college football coaches are thinking. They, they don't always tell you what's going on up there. Um, in addition to that, Notre Dame lost a lot of talent last year. They lost four-fifths of their offensive line, uh, their best linebacker, a couple edge rushers, uh, a couple tight ends. Like They lost a lot. The, Notre Dame has to replace a lot of players with with brand new fresh faces they got a freshman starting a left tackle um they consistently produce offensive linemen but losing four in one offseason is, is hard to do also lost ian book their quarterback for the last couple of years as well so brian kelly's got a lot of talent to replace um notre dame is typically a very well coached team and they play hard but they got to come here into Doe Campbell Stadium, into Tallahassee, and beat us. And that's not going to be easy to do because we're going to be loud. We're going to be rowdy. And we're going to be doing the war chant on Sunday. And that Notre Dame is going to have to come in here and earn that victory if they want to win. We're not going to make it easy for them. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be loud. And we're going to be doing the war chant and the chop. And we're going to be all turned up for it because we're ready to go. We've been waiting for some football. We've been waiting for a full sold-out stadium for a long time. So um, I'm excited to see that. I think we very much have a shot to beat Notre Dame. Um, they're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. This is not good for our odds, but I think this is very much a game that we can win. 
Notre Dame, obviously pretty heavy favorited over a touchdown. Um, I'm going to take FSU in the upset. I think we pull it off. It's going to be 37 to 31 ish, roughly. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there were more score, points scored than that. Um, but it, it's really, it could go either way. We could have a shootout. We could have a, a low scoring game. Um, I think the most important key for us is to get in a rhythm early. We got to score points early and we got to get stops early. Even if we're not necessarily ahead, we we have to do something. You know, we got to put points on the board in the fourth quarter. Um, we struggled a little bit when we got off to slow starts last year. We got to start hot and stay consistent throughout the whole game. I think that's really the key for us, regardless of who starts at quarterback, getting them into a rhythm early, easy passes, uh, you know, easy completions, high percentage passes, uh, you know, your drags and your slants over the middle of the field, uh, screen routes. We've got very athletic receivers, um, and I'm confident in their ability to to make plays with the ball in their hands. But we need to start hot early, um, getting down or, or not producing early against a good team like Notre Dame probably doesn't bode well for the whole game i mean you look at when we upset unc last year we got hot early we had a turnover that ended up in a touchdown those are those are the things that are going to allow you to beat a team that's heavily favored that's very well coached um we gotta gotta make plays you know it's the offense built for playmakers it's it's time to see that guys need to step up and make plays the coaches, uh, Norvell, Dillingham, and the rest of the offensive staff are going to put these players in a position to make plays, and it's it's on them to step up and do it. I think that was one of the things we were kind of missing from last year. Um, you look at a guy like Andrew Parchment, came from Kansas last full season. He had over 700 yards. You know, it's, it's a Power 5 program. Played Power 5 competition is as bad as Kansas has been. They still play Power 5 competition. He was very productive. Um, then you look, Keyshawn Helton is another guy who's listed as a starter for us. He makes plays. You know, Keyshawn's shown us th- that he can make plays down the stretch. So having him step up would be great. You know, he's one of these uh, veteran guys at Florida State. He's a guy who really loves his university. Um, Derek Brooks is his uncle. So he's got ties here that run deeper than just him being a student athlete. So I think that's one of those guys that we're probably going to be able to look to for production and leadership outside of, you know, your your big names, your Travis's and Milton's and what have you. Um, I feel optimistic about our chances against Notre Dame. I think we have a lot of talent. I think Notre Dame having to go and replace a lot of talent doesn't bode well for them. Um, and like I said, us having the time to – build together as a team, as a unit, cohesively during the offseason. You know, Coach Norvell and Coach Storms, the strength staff, they have the tour duty and then, you know, the regular workouts. We saw the squat parties from the offseason, things like that, that that not only build togetherness and camaraderie amongst the team, which helps with, you know, your rapport and and your connections and how you communicate and play the game, making guys more familiar with each other, but also you know, getting better, stronger, faster, physically, those things will all help us be a better team. I just, I think that Coach Norvell and his staff's attention to detail and 
dedication to the finer points of the game and the game plan and how we want to go out and play, you know, the overhaul and, and building of a culture, a cohesive culture that guys need to buy into. That's the type of thing that's going to lead us down the right path. It's going to bring Florida State back to relevance. And I think it starts Sunday. I think Notre Dame comes in here. I think we upset them. We walk away with a win. I think that's where it starts. I don't think this team's a world beater. I don't think this team goes and does anything crazy and, and wins a national championship and anything like that. But I think that this is the start. You know, it's an uphill battle and it takes time and you do it in increments. I think it starts Sunday. I think we upset Notre Dame because I think this team is bought in and they believe in themselves and what they can do because they're very talented and they have plenty of depth. It's just a matter of that mental hurdle that mentality that are we going to do what Florida state is used to doing? And that's going out there and dominating on a football field. Uh, with that said, I am very excited to see what the future of this podcast holds. Uh, please come back and join me next week. Probably have two episodes. The first one will be a review of the Notre Dame game. The second one will be a preview of the Jacksonville state game. Probably talk a little bit more about recruiting and a little bit more about the depth chart, address some of the personnel usage and what we saw from game one, what we can expect going into game two and for the rest of the season. This has been Robbie Bagnardi with Believe in FSU Football from Believe Podcasts. Go Knowles. Come back and listen next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.